Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So today we will talk with Mike Tatum. Uh, he has a career in marketing and automation and is also the director of lifecycle marketing in Athletic Greens. Thank you for joining us, Mike. Uh, yeah, tell yeah, me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, so I've done, I've been in lifecycle marketing uh, most of my career. Um, and I actually, I think what I love most about it is I feel like marketing is very much like both art and science. And I think life cycle marketing, specifically when you're looking like email, SMS and those channels, there's this, there's this clear science side as it relates to open rates and click rates. And then there's also very much this art side that kind of focuses on the branding. How does it look? How does it feel? Um, what is the experience mm-hmm. supposed to evoke in you? So I actually love life cycle marketing because I feel like it very, plays very nicely in the middle of the, the art and the science. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love the way you describe it to the middle of art and science. It's yeah. great. How long have you been doing that for? Yeah, I started, must have been like 2016. So a few years now, I'm a really bad with my math. You think I would be better with my math being like a performance <laughs> marketer, but uh, yeah, I started in 2016. I've kind of been on a path. I've actually bounced. I did a uh, paid ads for a little bit was like my initial kind of specialty. And then over time I got deeper into CRMs and then more specifically into email and then expanding more into kind of like the full suite of like lifecycle marketing channels. So it's been mm. an interesting journey, but uh, I've loved all the exposure I've gotten to the different elements. So for someone who is an entrepreneur, let's say, and like they've never heard about lifecycle marketing, how would you explain to them what it is and why they need it? Yeah, yeah. I think what I would start with explaining lifecycle marketing is just basically being very thoughtful about your customer experience. So lifecycle marketing tends to focus a little bit more specifically on the digital experience, but thinking about like, what are the touch points? What does the journey look like from someone being coming, becoming first aware about your product and how do they get to, they purchase your product. And even after they purchase your product, how do you keep them engaged? Like if you're like a re- repeat purchases, how are you driving repeat purchase, keeping people engaged? If it's more subscription product, like how do you keep people from churning and lifecycle marketing is a really core part of how you manage and kind of control and optimize that journey. And I, I noticed you also have, like you have your own name as a, as a domain name, as a personal brand. Yeah. How do you, what is the reason for that firstly? Because I don't know if many people yeah. do that where they have their different roles in the startups that they found or their advice or whatever yeah. they do. And they also have their personal brand. What, what was the reasoning for that? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, as we have, I think, more and more of our lives online, I think it's just taking kind of ownership over how your story is told. So like if somebody searches my name specifically, like I want the first 
property pop up to be my property and be able to tell my story versus like that something randomly pops up from like some blog I did eight years ago or, you know, definitely like I want a, a clear entry point into kind of who I am as people are interested in me. Like I'm not super important, so not a ton of people are Googling me, but if they do, <laughs> I want to be able to control that narrative. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. I, I think I haven't even thought about it in that way that like usually People go, I want, you know, to present what I do or want to touch myself from, you know, I, I may have a different a number of different businesses and I, I have a different personality, let's say, for each one of them or they have different audiences. So I want to detach myself from that. But that's the yeah. first time I hear someone say I want to own the way, you know, my story is told, which is very relevant. And in a way, if you think about it, I, I guess it's very similar to what brands do, companies do. Yeah, you know, the, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think, you know, brand, you know, really it, it's your reputation ultimately. So like companies is a brand, they have like their company's reputation as a personal brand. It's like, this is your personal reputation. I think we have to take ownership over that. Otherwise you kind of like, you're at the whim of a Google and other search engines that kind of scrap together whatever narrative based off of keywords. And it may not mm. be this cohesive narrative that you want to put out there. So I think you're making sure you kind of take control of that. And that kind of leads to, in a way, I feel, and I'm inevitably going to ask about that because I deal with domain names. Mm. Where where do you see domains in that process of, of brand building and lead generation and lead nurturing? Yeah, yeah. I think the brand name is extremely important um, on a couple of levels. I think one, there is a certain trust factor that comes with your specific domain name, right? Because if like my domain name is something crazy, like, I don't know, if we were like athletic greens dot, you know, health or something weird like that, mm -hmm. that doesn't send the same trust signal as athleticgreens.com, which is obviously we own. So there's this certain legitimacy in this trust factor. And then I think that's one of the things I think you're always trying to tell people as they're looking at domain names, like they may have something and say, oh, my .com is really, really expensive. Like, what if I just went with something else? And like, I feel like you make a, a sacrifice on that trust level just because of how people interpret domain names when they see them out in the world today. So mm. if you don't have that .com, I feel like that's why .com is so important. That's why like, if somebody's like, oh, the .com domain for my brand name is like 50K from this person that's selling it. Like, I don't think it's worth it if I could just get .biz, right? And it's like, okay, well, .biz sends a very spammy signal to people who will possibly do business <laughs> for you with you. So I think it's worth you investing that if you're serious about this business and if the value you feel like is going to be returned, if you're confident in the idea and what you're building. I love that. And you literally hit it like on the head there with the, if you believe in your idea. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I feel. It sends that signal. It sends literally that signal. Like if I, if I look at somebody and I, I don't mean to offend people, but I think I'm going to be expressing here something that we all feel. If you look at somebody who has some kind of a compromised domain name, you're like, they didn't feel it's worth investing in their own brand. Like, yeah. why should I trust them? So it kind of opens that, okay, so why? Why is that? Do they not feel they're going to be there in five years? In which case, you know, why am I going to invest in that? Or what's the reason? And it's immediately like ruining that trust instead of actually building it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's, that's, you hit it right on the head there. <laughs> you have um, a few courses and the one I saw is um, smart content education. Can you talk yeah. to me a little bit about yeah. what smart content is and how can yeah. it help? Business? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a course that I did that's specific to HubSpot, but really any, uh, 
any marketing automation platform has some sort of equivalent of smart content. And that really is just like dynamic content generated based off of the, like the properties and the attributes that you know about your contacts in your CRM. So imagine like, you know, in terms of like intake, I know like uh, I take in like, oh, you have a dog versus a cat. So I may send an email that, you know, has a photo of a dog and I pitch like our dog products is we're a pet brand. So that's a super simple personalization, but really you can use anything that you collect on your contacts, either through like forms they fill out or conversation salespeople have with your contacts. If you have a sales team and you can use that to create dynamically generated content in emails, actually on your landing pages, any of your digital touch points. So I think it's it's a really, really cool way to make every, I'm big about, I'll say like in life like a market, I'm big about the digital customer experience. And like, I like mm. the concept of like, Every, every landing page, every email feeling like it's sent specifically to you, like it doesn't feel mass, like it's that personalized where it feels like this is specifically sent for me. And mm. I think smart content's how you kind of get there. <laughs> mm. And the thing is, in that respect, because like, obviously, we kind of know as consumers that a huge company didn't send that email just personally yeah. to me, like there wasn't somebody sitting there tapping, yeah. you know, my name. I know that, but in a way, I still appreciate the fact that it was like the more it's personalized, the more I see that it's respecting my time because it's taking into account my interests. It's showing me stuff that is relevant to me at the time that's relevant to me, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, yeah, I'm still like, as much as I was telling you earlier, I wasn't a fan of audio books. Like that's how fashioned I am. (laughs) I can appreciate (laughs) I can appreciate automation. What I'm going to do that backwards, like I'm seeing, and maybe I'm just paranoid, okay? But I'm seeing now that we're talking about automation, for example, like I have a Doberman and I have a kitten and I have like kids and whatever. And oftentimes I have to say that I see adverts that have like Dobermans in them, you know, or like kids that are all relevant stuff. So I'm sure... The, all that is connected. And I was actually impressed that it's personalized to that level. We're not just talking yeah. about I'm a dog owner, but I'm a Doberman owner. Like, yeah. I find that impressive. But what type of company can even afford to go into that type of a thing? Because I can imagine it, it's not cheap to personalize your message yeah. that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think when you're getting to that level, when like, you're personalizing off of stuff that isn't like you haven't specifically volunteered to the company that's giving you that type of personalization. Like what's typically happening is they're they're getting data from data brokers, which are mm-hmm. which is a very interesting field and where like people like you do all these disparate actions, like you go to the veterinarian, like you get care for your Doberman or you go places and like hidden in the terms oftentimes like, oh, we we may sell your information to mm-hmm. a third parties. And like that typically goes to data brokers and those data brokers say, oh, we have this email, they'll run it through their system, say, oh, here's all this other information that we have on this person. You can buy it for X amount. Obviously that happens at like a a higher level than just an individual, right? They're not going Mm -hmm. specifically for your information, but essentially that's how the process goes. And then they say, oh, we've got all this extra information. We know like she does, we know she had a dog, but now we know specifically she has a Doberman based off of this data we bought. Now we can go even personalize even more. And I think that's typically how companies go. Like buying data is, is an extremely expensive business. So typically you're looking at like your bigger enterprise companies, like your your SMBs probably aren't going to be able to 
to personalize mm. to that extent, just of how expensive it is. But yeah, that's typically the process. I always tell people to be careful because like in that sense, especially in the climate we're in now, people are a lot more aware of their privacy today than they even were a couple of years ago. So like small mm. things like that can tip people's ears and say, how did they even get this information? Like I'm kind of weirded mm. out. So you want to you want to be relevant and you want to provide value, but you don't want to weird people out. And that's kind of like a very fine line you have to tread on personalization. <laughs> mm. Don't weird people out. What would you say are the most common mistakes you see entrepreneurs make when it comes to brand building? Yeah, I think the most common mistake I see is not pulling in professionals as they think about like their product messaging and positioning. I find that mm. often like early entrepreneurs, they kind of want to say like, this is what the business is. They kind of go through that positioning exercise on their own. And most of the time, unless they're a marketer like this founding it, they're not a positioning <laughs> expert, right? So they end up writing something that they think is really good. And then as a marketer, I see it, I feel like I've seen 50 websites that say that exact same thing. Like there's nothing <laughs> unique in how you're pitching this. So it's one of those moments where like, founders are very attached to the product. I think it's from a branding perspective, mm. it's important to get that outside perspective on what you offer either from like experts in the, the field and especially people who are going to be in your market, right? So some of the easiest thing you can do is basically, you know, book with like your ideal customer prospect and say, give them a quick rundown of what you're building, show them what you built today and say, hey, if you had to describe this in one sentence to someone else, like, what would you say? And like, whatever mm. they come back with, that's probably how you should position the product. <laughs> mm, I love that advice. Yeah, it's very, it seems like obvious, but I don't think many people actually do that. No, no. Yeah. Cause I've definitely <laughs> seen a lot of software websites where it's, they have this one line sentence where it's like, we have an automated infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I have no idea what it is or what it does. Yeah. Or who we still work, right? <laughs> oh my God. That's, I used to have an IT company some years uh, ago before I got into marketing, branding and domain names. And that was one of the, the things I used to hit myself against the brick wall, honestly, with people. It's like you spend all that time and you have a team, you know, they're yeah. good at their job. They do research. What's the target audience? What should it look like? How do we best do this, that? whatever, you literally have a team of 10, 50 people working on something. You present yeah. it to the CEO, the founder, and they go, can I have a picture of my dog there? I was like, oh my God. Are you building a website for yourself or for right, your clients? Right, right. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, I'm sure we're all guilty of that uh, in some area or other where we kind of forget who the customer is. Yeah, no. And it is hard. I feel like the hardest thing, and I think that's why outside perspectives are important, is like, hmm. it's hard to talk about yourself. Like, it's hard to talk about your own business that you found. I feel like it's very same vein like anytime mm. i go through an exercise like i do an event or something and people are like oh you know send me your bio and then i'm like oh i gotta write my a bio for this thing and i get there <laughs> and i'm just like blank like i don't know what to say how to describe myself right so i feel like it's the same exercise when you have your own business and you're you need yeah. that outside perspective who can benefit from your services what would be the type of personal business who can benefit from your services yeah, I think for Athletic Greens, I think obviously like we really are about like foundational nutrition. So I think anybody who is in a position where they feel like, okay, am I covering all of my nutritional bases? Am I living the healthiest lifestyle in terms of my nutrition? Athletic Greens is the product that's for them. It's made to be really simple. It's one one drink, you know, once per day and it covers all your nutritional bases, like your vitamins, your probiotics, 
you know, we focus on increasing your energy, you know, helping you with recovery. So it really is great in terms of covering all your nutritional bases. So like somebody like me, like I am, you know, I'm not the, the, the healthiest person. Like I do good. <laughs> I try to get out, do a little exercise now and then. I try to make smart choices with eating athletic greens. Working there is helping me eat better. But yeah, I think it's helpful just to have something knowing like I've covered my nutritional bases. Anything mm. I do beyond that, obviously add, but at least I know like I'm getting my body exactly what it needs. And mm. so that's kind of where we try to kind of fill and provide some value. Sure. And um, we kind of got into the automation and marketing stuff and yeah. we left, left behind a little bit of the yeah. degrees. Let's, let's just add a few questions about that because like, what would be, you mentioned it's basically good for anyone who wants to live a healthier lifestyle. And I'm actually like, well, I'm running, like I wouldn't say I'm some like yeah. professional athlete. Or whatever, but <laughs> right. I can certainly relate to, to that, how hard it is to balance all things when you actually, ironically, it's when you start paying attention to your health and what yeah. you're eating, it starts getting, like you would have thought that it gets easier. It actually gets harder because you have to pay a lot more attention to everything. One of my <laughs> kids uh, also recently, recently coming up to one year now, decided to become vegan. So that's another oh. challenge. They're trying okay. to balance everything. So what type of lifestyle would you have to have to, so that it can apply to you? And also do you ship globally? That's something I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yes, yes. Um, that's good. Yeah. We do ship globally. So anywhere across Europe, UK, uh, North America, we ship and also in China as well. So we cover most of the world. So definitely you can get your AG wherever you are. But yeah. And I think in terms of lifestyle, like, you know, I'm a big, big believer in people kind of starting where you are. Like if you're like, if you do nothing else to your health, like I think athletic greens is a good starting point. I think mm -hmm. as you get into it, like you're overall, when you're thinking about a healthy lifestyle, there are other things that feed into that. So we're big about like educating customers, not just on like nutrition, which obviously directly ties to our product, but also making sure you're getting the right amount of sleep, you know, making sure you get expose yourself to sunlight. That's a really, really mm. important thing to your health, you know, investing in community, right? We're social creatures, like getting around other people and, you know, socializing is an important part of our health that we often don't think about, but it mm. really, really is critical to if you're thinking about a holistic, healthy lifestyle. So yeah, we're big about helping people along that journey, kind of starting from wherever you're at. A lot of people who come to us, like are experienced with supplements and they're looking for like that base layer but I'm just like me, like when I initially interviewed with athletic greens, like I was not the nutrition expert, right? I, you know, if I go in to get a snack, I'm reaching for a pack of my kids, cheese crackers. And now I do better. Like I grab my almonds, you know, I do my different things. I get a, you know, a bowl of grapes or something like I'm a lot better. And like, I think, you know, I'm a perfect example. I kind of started was and just kind of came up from there. <laughs> I think it's very important that just making that first step, and then it yeah. kind of follows uh, itself. I'm very similar to you. When when I started running like three years ago, maybe a little bit more, I, I actually hated it. I was like, yeah. nope, I'm not. Do you know the funny thing? And I don't know if I've said that somewhere in public, but the motivation I had was, or my husband to motivate me to run. There was gas station with a cafe that I liked about one and a half kilometers from our apartment at the time. And yeah. so my motivation was, or well, his way of motivating me was, okay, let's run to that station so you can get your coffee with a cigarette yeah. and run back. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's the level I was at. And I was like, yay, I run three <laughs> kilometers today. 
Right, right. <laughs> and, and and there you go. And that started that started like that. And I and now I'm like I mean recent like now I have a knee injury. That's not very positive, but oh, man. you know that's a, yeah it happens. But I mean I've recently run sixty kilometers trail running in the mountains, and that's kind of oh, what wow. I do now. I run in the mountains, so that's that's kind of I never you know signed up for that. I never thought that was never my aim. But yeah, yeah as a takeaway, I feel. It's really cool what you have there at Athletic Greens as a very easy first step to get somebody to just do something positive about their health and start that process. And then you never know where that's going to take you. But in all cases, I think it's going to be positive. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like that's what we're we're really about trying to drive that. And like I said, I think, you know, the great thing is like we're believers, like our customers are believers. Everybody inside is a believer. Um, like I said, like they converted me, like I'm very much was not the <laughs> nutrition aware person. And so, yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. I just think any investment in your health is just a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm done with my questions. Yes. Last thing, where can people reach you? Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like you alluded to earlier. Um, I have my website, MikeKTatum.com. You can connect with me on there. I'm big, like I don't do a bunch of social media these days, but I do check LinkedIn regularly. So if you want to drop me a message, feel free to on there. And yeah, that's usually the best ways to reach me. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been yeah. great having you here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.